This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG Cast. Hey everybody, welcome to another board game edition of the MFG Cast. We are going to talk about everything rules today. Well, not everything rules. Well, I mean... Because we're going to talk about what we've been playing, too. Well, I know. I, that's, <laughs> you know I, what I mean. I How dare you? I, I tell you. You've been uninvited from this episode. Okay, bye guys. Okay, see ya. But yeah, we wanted to talk about, you know, like... Trying to read rules, how you should actually read rules, how some people read rules, and how, like, rules are used for, like, videos and reviews and previews and stuff like that. So we're going to kind of hit all those topics. But before that, we're not going to do all things rules because we're going to talk about what we've been playing recently. And Tracy just gave me a look. So we played a couple of games off of our Shelf of Opportunity Challenge for board game stats. And we played two games. We played Renature and we played Boomerang. So Boomerang USA. Boomerang U- USA. Sorry, we have to be specific because there's different um, types of Boomerang games. Uh, so which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about the one we played first. Sure. So we'll talk about Renature or Renature. That's I, it's funny because I don't know how to say that one. Oh, so uh, yeah, I suppose I lo- <laughs> we called it Renature when we. Well, we. But I wonder it. if it is Renature. Because technically, what you're doing in the game is you are restoring a polluted valley with plants and animals. So Renature actually sounds like that makes more sense. Should we call it Renature? Yeah, let's do that. So in Renature, just kidding. <laughs> so now we're probably wrong. <laughs> we are. Uh, it's designed by Michael Kiesling and Wolfgang Kramer. Oh, Wolfgang. <laughs> Uh, the art is by Dennis Lohausen, and the game is presented, published by Deep Print Games. Uh, and uh, uh, Capstone Games, sorry. Uh, for some reason, it, it I lost it. I didn't know what you else were going for. So. Yeah, 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 sorry. But uh, what are we doing in Renature? We kind of talked about it. Oh my it. gosh, Renature is throwing me off right now. <laughs> Well, first of all, this game, gosh, we were trying to think of when we even bought it. Maybe Which like... It's pretty sad. Yeah. It's been sitting on a shelf displayed, like on the top of one of our shelves for a long time. And I think I bought it maybe on a Miniature Market or something like that because I saw somebody playing it or show, showing a picture of it or something on like a Facebook page. Yeah. And I thought, I... You know, I think we got to have this, but I knew nothing about it. And then I don't know why we avoid, we didn't really avoid playing it. I think we just didn't play it. Yeah. It just kind of sat there for some weird reason. Yeah. And so another great reason why this challenge is 
a really good thing for us to be doing. Yeah, because it makes us play our games that we we tend to not be uh, very good at playing some of the games that we buy. We're like, well, let's play some of the other games, and then eventually we'll get to them, and they yeah. sit there. It's like an avoidance thing is yeah. what you're meaning by very good at it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, in Renature, there's a lot of different components in the game, really. The board game or the game board is quite a bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. But it's like a whole big board and it has a bunch of, I would say spaces that you have available for planting stuff so they're like brown square it has like grid work all over it i would call it right yeah yeah. so that's where you plant stuff and we'll talk about that and then there's uh spots around it that are green with brooks running through them for the animals that appear on dominoes that you have that you each receive they're like your cards that you have in your hand basically so each of the dominoes that you have in your hand has different types of animals that are in nature and none of the dominoes that are in the game will ever be repeats so they could have two turtles on them or they could have a turtle and an owl or something like that but if i see those kurt will never see them And so they basically get shuffled, and I'm using air quotes because you can't really shuffle dominoes, but they get shuffled. Well, you kind of mix them up or whatever. They get shuffled and then um, dealt out to each person based on the player count, and then um, you're going to use three of them as your hand. But basically, on the game board, besides that kind of grid of areas where you can plant and the brooks with where the animals are there's also a scoring mat around the board and then there's a space where all the different types of animals are towards the top and they're called the joker spaces so there's different kind each of the different kinds of animals and they become wild based on how you're playing throughout the game So the point of the game is to take those dominoes and match them up based on the animal type. And the animals can only be placed next to other animals that are identical. Yep, on those brook spaces. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to, there's going to be some spaces that are, they call them isolated, where you're not going to be able to, play because there's only like one square and these dominoes are two spaces like they're a typical domino yep um yeah one one animal on each half basically and so you have to match them up so if somebody is playing a frog and a owl or something you have to be able to place a frog or an owl next to it and they always have to match up orthogonally oh my gosh are you proud of me i cannot say that word first try normally um they always have to be placed that way they cannot be matching diagonally because that's not how it counts no and then once you place them on there you're going to line them up and you're never going to place animals on that brown planting area that i was referring to you're always going to place them on the green water running through a brook area 
And then what you have the opportunity to do is you can plant. And do you want to talk about those, our boards? Sure, okay. sure. So you have your own little, like... Player board. Uh, player board that makes it look like a... what? What's the word we used? Panorama. It kind of looks yeah. like a panorama with the player board. Well, we did for two. But player, we played two player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you play, if you play three or more players, you're going to be using a single board. Yep. But you get to you get to plant certain things, and you get certain plants. So you get uh, turf, you get bushes, you get uh, pine. pine, and you get oak, and you get a certain number of your color, but also you get a certain number of what's called like a neutral color, basically. So what's happening is you're planting them. If you put one of your dominoes next to or orthogonally next to one of those brown areas for planting and there's a spot available that's open, you can actually plant one of your one of your plants there. And then you score points depending upon however many plants that are of the same size of what you have in that brown area or lower. So if you had, let's say, because it, it goes, the sizes go just kind of how I talked about. You've got turf at one, you've got bushes at two, you've got pine at three, and you've got oak at four. So say I plant a pine and there's like a bush and a uh, turf in there, you would actually score three points because you put your highest number that's in there, which is the pine, which is worth three is is a number it's not worth that many points and then you've got a you've got that bush that's a two that's lower and you've got that turf which is lower which is a one and what you'd score is three points because you score one for each plant so you score that around the track um and then you also have additional scoring for when those brown places get surrounded yep yep so whenever it's whenever there's a point where these, it's kind of like a polyomino kind of shape in those those brown spots. And whenever it's surrounded on the board where you can't place any more dominoes because of the rules of placement, then what you're going to be doing is you have these little score tokens that you score. And there's a top and a bottom to them. So the top scores you the points immediately when you surround that area. What? No. If you're the highest. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry. So if you have the highest amount or the highest number of plants in those areas, you would score the top amount. So say I have a oak and I have a bush and I have a turf. So it would be four, two, and one. That would be seven, seven total points. And then say Tracy has a couple of oaks. So those are four apiece. So she would actually win because she has more of an amount than I do. So she would get the top amount, and then there's a second place amount. But then where it gets a little bit like tricky would be is if somebody takes one of those neutral plants from their board and places them in there because the neutral really like void out things. Yes. So they could, the neutral plants which each player in a two-player game has neutral plants, and you do also in other player counts. Yes. They can kind of void out or sneak in. So a neutral player could win first place or win second place 
and they don't actually collect points, but they basically take points away from the other players. Yeah. Because so you can use those. What do we just call those? Neutral. Neutral. Thank you. Sorry. Yep. That's it. okay. You can use those neutral plants to score during the game, as far as when you plant them. Yep. But at the end game scoring for or the the surrounding scoring, then those are kind of a negative. So you have to kind of be careful in that way. Yep. And yeah, and you want to. We didn't talk about it yet, but you want to be able to get rid of all your plants. So you don't lose points at the end of the game. So you do want to get rid of those. But one thing is once you surround that area and you score points, whoever surrounded that area actually gets to keep that little uh, token because at the end of the game, you flip it over and there is a secret, well, you can look at it, but you want to keep it hidden from the other players. There's a secret point value that you have for end game scoring too. Yeah, which is cool. So there's a lot. There's a lot of scoring in this game. There is, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then <laughs> just another thing we'll talk about quickly before we talk about just like just kind of wrapping this up. You also have cloud tokens. You get oh. uh, for us, we had six apiece. I don't. I can't remember. I think it might be the same for. Uh, three and four players, but yeah. you can use those for certain things. So, like, one of them, if you, uh, depending upon whatever point, uh, however many points that the, the plants are worth, you can actually return a plant that you've played on the board previously back to your player board so you can play it again. So, like, your turf is worth one, so you have to discard one cloud. Your bush is two and so yeah, on. Yeah, you have to just discard the, the amount, amount of clouds based on what plant you want to retrieve. Back. Yes, yes. And then what's the other thing you can do? You can get rid of two clouds to change the Joker animal. Remember at the very beginning when I first started talking about it, there's all those animals on the game board that it starts with the very first animal, which I can't remember what it is. Butterfly or? Yeah, I think it's butterfly. Or something like that. You can change whatever animal you want to wild. So they go in order, but you can bounce the joker tile or joker marker to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So you can pay two of those cloud tokens to change the animal to whatever wild animal you want. And then you can put a turtle next to a butterfly. Yeah. And it really basically counts as the same thing. But then now the next turn or whatever... Kurt can be like, I have two clouds. I'm going to change it to a bat yep. or a fox or, yeah. oh, there is no fox. I think that's a fox. <laughs> it's a squirrel. It's a squirrel. <laughs> um, or a salamander or whatever. Yeah. But you only get six of these and they're each worth one. So if you don't use them, you actually get points at the end of the game. But there's also some planting or plant areas where if you plant a plant that's a lot of the word plant on that space you actually collect the clouds that are there Mm -hmm. i think there's four plant areas or areas with the ability to plant on that actually have additional clouds on them Mm -hmm. you can't exceed six clouds on your player board but you're able to replenish clouds if you've used all of them or some of them or yeah, whatever yeah and and you all you can also use two clouds to also retake a, uh, take another turn which is oh yes really i don't nice think we too. used that one we never did it no nope. <laughs> i wanted to do it once but i didn't have enough clouds to so yeah so um 
And then another thing I alluded to was the fact that you want to get rid of all of your plants, whether they're your color of plant or whether they're neutral, because at the end of the game, they're worth their values. So turf is worth one point and all the bushes that you have left are worth two and pine is worth three and oak is worth four. So you want to be able to clean house on all of your plants if you can yep, because you'll lose points. Yep, yep. So whether they're neutral colored or not. Yep. And then at the end you'll You'll kind of you'll score those tokens that you had saved at the end game. You'll also what triggers end game first? Oh, what triggers end game? Oh, it's when both players actually get rid of all their dom, or actually all of the players get rid of all their dominoes. I'm just saying both because we played two player. Yep. Okay. And then, Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean oh, to it's stop okay. You. That's okay. So then you you know you score the negative points for the plants. You score the positive points for the tokens on the backside, and then you actually score the other. Um, you score for any clouds you have left. Oh, clouds too. And yep. then you also score for the planted areas that you didn't surround yet. And you decide who wins those and score those. But but with those, you don't you discard those additional tokens. Yeah, so you don't get the backside of the amounts uh, of those tokens. Of the area the f- tokens. But you get the first them. and second place yep. amounts. Because no one actually surrounded them. Yeah. So that's why you don't collect those. Um, are we missing anything else? I don't think so, but that's okay. We don't have to. We don't have to tell them the whole thing, even though we kind of told. Well, them yeah, the whole we game. like told them how to play the game, <laughs> which that's is okay. Cool. Yeah, I really like this game. Yeah, I was surprised. I did. I didn't know what to expect, but oh, I didn't either, and I bought it. Yeah, but also like, it, yeah, it was just one of those. And again, I think we've talked about this a million times on the show. So er, anything that Michael Kiesling and Wolf Game Kramer, Kramer have made, it, we've always loved. You know? Yeah, they're a good duo. Yeah, they are a really good duo. So, yeah, if you if this is something you are interested in, please find your local game store, check it out. Like, I think you, I think if it's something that trips your interest, I think you would like it. Trips your interest. I did say that, didn't I? So yeah, so that was that. Renature. Ah, uh, weird. What? It has to be Renature. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's about forty bucks maybe yeah or so depending upon where you get it yeah. of course yeah but yeah uh the other game we played is boomerang usa um this is another 2020 game these both these were made in 2020 i did not realize until i was reading the directions that this one came out in 2020 yeah we didn't actually buy this game yeah we won this in our local we have a local board game group and we won this in a little contest and it was again one of those that we just kind of avoided for some weird reason i think from my side of things, I think it didn't look interesting. Like, the cover of it, because we've talked about this in the past, covers mean a lot to me. Yeah. Covers need to, like, give me the feels, I think. On, like, <laughs> something about it has to give me give me a little something. Not all the time, because I like games like The Castles of Burgundy or Concordia and... You know, those are not exciting. No. But you don't know until you try it. Yep. And so this one, just like something about it. Yeah. I think it was not only the title, but it was the the, the way the game looked too. Mm-hmm. But we won it and we put it on our list and we sucked it up. 
No, I shouldn't really say that. But like we finally were like, let's just play it. I didn't know it was a uh, right, like a right and play, yeah, it's weird. right and flip. It's weird because right I don't. Draft? I, it's like a drafting, like paper and pencil game. Like it, 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 it looks like a flip and write, but it's not really. It's a, it's a drafting. It's a draft and write. Yeah. If that's, yeah. A, is that a game type? Let's kind of. Let's make it. Let's. It's a draft and write we, and. Draft. Little fact is that there's more of these than Boomerang, just Boomerang USA, which I had never even heard of this game. But there must be like a series of them, like Boomerang other countries, like Boomerang France, or I don't know. I just made oh, that one up. It's just there's just Boomerang and Boomerang around the world. Well, what about Boomerang USA? Or Boomerang USA and Boomerang around the world. Okay. Yeah. So. There, he answered it. Yeah. But, and another fact is Scott Alms did this game. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are not, like, super familiar or can't maybe pinpoint, like, what he's done, he's done all the Tiny Epic games, and he also did, did he do Tiny Towns or, no, I not Tiny Towns. So. What am I thinking of? Tumbletown? No. What? Why do I want to he say does, he did a done, town game? He's done the claim games. We love those. Okay. Claim card games. He's done, geez, what? He's done so many games. It's did hard. he do one with the word town in it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Cosmic Colonies. What else? What? I mean, he's done so okay. many things. Okay, well, just kidding. Nothing with towns. Harbor. I mean, he's done a lot of fun anyway, games. Anyway, he, he, he came up with this game. Yes. But, man... Like, for a small, again, he did Tiny Epic, all the Tiny Epic ones, which they're really pretty hardy for how small they are. And this one is a small box game. And there's a lot to think about in this game. There is. There is. Tell uh, them how to play it. Um, so basically what you're doing is you're, you're uh, giving your players seven cards and you're looking at you're drafting a card each round, and what you're doing is you're throwing your boomerang. So basically, you're you're trying to visit USA. So you're trying to hit all these landmarks and do all these things, you know. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pick your first card is a face down card that's supposed to be your first boomerang card. And the goal of it is you you want your last card in the seven card set to be of the same value or higher. So you can get the value of the card that's the the boomerang beginning card, which they call your throw card. Throw card. Yep, that's right. Because and the catch card is the last card. Um, so you I'm, throw your boomerang. Yes. And then you catch it you when catch it, it comes back. Or if you're me, you throw your boomerang and it gets lost in a tree. That's just. And all I it. think is, you throw your baseball and somebody catches it. Is all I kept thinking. <laughs> I was like, this has nothing to do with boomerangs, and then I was like. Oh, yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah. But then there's a lot of things happening. So you have this little sheet that shows you places that you're visiting in the USA. So there's a lot of things that you're looking for. So, like, some of the highlights are you are crossing off certain letters or um, symbols for the spots in USA that you're you're, um, You're, visiting. You're basically pinning locations. Yes, correct. Like Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Washington D.C. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And as you're doing that, if the letters are 
if you connect cities, so like say you connect like San Francisco to I I'm San Diego. Yeah, something like that. Then you would draw the line between the two cities. And if you get four connections in a certain area of the country, like there's West Coast, South, East Coast, and stuff like that. Midwest. That kind of thing. You would score point, three points for each section that you would get, and and other players can if they get it at the same time. Um, also, what that could lead to is if you get you can get extra points if you're the first person to link the West Coast to the East Coast on the furthest sides. Kind of like um, Ticket to Ride. Yeah, kind of like that. In a way, yep. because you're drawing the your roadways, railways, yep. or whatever yep. from... Your longest path, basically. Yep. Another thing you're doing is you're, you are collecting certain animals. So, like, if you get two cards of the same animal, you would be scoring points for that. So, like, the fish, if you get two fish, it's, like, three points. If you get, like... Uh, Eagles. Eagles, it's like seven points. If you get two uh, big fo- big foots, those big feet, they're nine points, like that kind of thing. But you have to get pairs. You have to get pairs. One does not count. You, on the cards, you also try to collect Americana, is what they call it. So it's it could be baseball hats, it could be mailboxes, it can be... What else? Baseball hats, mailboxes... And uh, football jerseys. Anyway, but yeah. So there's different ones and they're different point values. So it shows a picture of them and it shows what the value is. But then as you're collecting them through that one round, you have to get a high. So let's say you collect a bunch of different things. So you collect a football jersey and you collect a baseball hat and or baseball helm, well, whatever. You collect these things. They total seven. The next round, you have to get higher than a seven in Americana, or you drop down to a zero in that round, and you basically can start over with your score again. So if you collect a lot of Americana, or I kind of look at it as a souvenir throughout the United States, if you get like 14, boy, it's going to be really hard for you to get 15 or something the next round. But you collected 14, so that's okay. The next round, then you'd score zero, but then the next round you have a chance to start again. So there's that one. So you're going to be looking at that on your cards. So there's like a ton to look at on the cards. Then there's also different types of, what do they call them? Like, it's not attractions, but it's like different types of things like you can like sightseeing or something like that so you can do like it's like a fork and a spoon and a knife so it's more like restaurant and then there's hiking and there's like snapshots so you're you're taking like yeah you're sightseeing and you're doing something else and you have to do those and throughout the game too you try to collect as many of those as you can but you can only do one at a time So if you feel like you've collected, it's basically site collection. Mm -hmm. So if you've collected three cameras and two hiking boots, then you'd want to pick maybe the cameras that time. And then you look at this grid on your, your sheet and you say, okay, three cameras gets me four points. And you log that, but you can't log the hiking boots too. 
So there may be times where you might be just scoring zero during a round because you couldn't do both. And then there's one other thing, I think. What is it? Did we get them all? Yeah, I think we got, I think we caught everything. Because we talked about the certain regions, if you get four. We talked about the longest path. We talked about the attractions. We talked about the animals. We talked about the Americana. That's pretty much everything. Okay. And then... Then what you do is you're trying to, you're basically, so when you're doing the throw, so you're picking whatever number you want as your throw and you're putting that one face down. So they all have numbers from one through seven on the top of the card and you're wanting to pick like a three or a four or something like that. So then as you're drafting cards back and forth, you're putting your drafted card face up. So the so all the rest of them are face up except for that first card, which is your throw. And then whatever your last card is, that's your catch. So you want your last card, and it's not always possible, to be higher than your throw card. Um, if it is not, if it's lower, you score zero on that round. If it's the same, so you put your throw card as a three, your catch is a three, then you score one point. If it's higher, then you score the points of the card that was your throw. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go through on your board, or not your board, your piece of paper, and you're going to go through and mark, pin basically all of your locations and communicate with the other players like, hey, did I complete a route? Did I complete a section? Did you do it too? Because if you both did it, or three or four of you did it, then you all score for it. And then check your Americana, check your animals, check all of that stuff. There's a lot to look at. There is a lot. There's a lot in this little game. Yeah, and then shuffle it, put it on the bottom, um, so you can make sure you're trying to filter through the cards as good as possible, because eventually you're going to encounter cards that you've already crossed off or pinned. Yep. And then... At, after the end of four rounds, then you're going to calculate your scores. So you're going to count how many locations you've pinned. And I thought that was weird at first, but then I thought, no, it isn't. Because if, you, if you've already pinned locations, then you can't get points for those. So if you've collected those cards, then you can't repin them again. Yep. You're going to count how many sections of the united states whether it's like the midwest the the east coast or whatever you've completed in that color your americana your whatever all those kinds of things you're going to tabulate all of it and you're going to get a lot of points yeah yeah i was kind of like, surprised at how a many lot points we get. and then whoever has the highest wins and we never play ties so <laughs> it was like a it was like a lot going yeah, on yeah it was it is yeah, yeah it's, it still is. It isn't was. Yeah, exactly. And it, and uh, yeah, it's just it was just it was a really again our, one of those that doesn't look very exciting. And then when we played it, it turned out to be really nice and and really fun to play. The only thing that sucks is like once we go back to play it again, I bet you're gonna have to read the rules through again and be like, okay, what was this? What was that? Which brings me to our conversation about rules. See how I did that. So we're going to be talking about rules in board games. So we've kind of had this conversation lately how 
you know, depending upon what you game you play, you know, it it either has a lot of rules or, you know, a decent amount of rules or not that many rules. And for us as a board game podcast, we have to be a little more cognizant of that because if we're doing a review or a preview or even talking about a game like we did today, like we want to try to get everything as close as we want without having to take the rule book out and be like, okay, this is what this rule is. This is like, you know, you, you can see a rule book. You don't need the rule book or you don't need us for that. But, you know, you know, again, we just have more pressure on us because we are looked to to do certain things as far as for board game companies and just for our, like, fun for us having a podcast talking about the games that we like and, and so on and so forth. So it made me think about, like, what can we do? Well... It made you think about it. It made us think about it. I was going to say, I brought you, up the you topic. You brought up the topic. Yes, you did. And I, I apologize. I'm not trying to steal oh, your thunder. Oh, I'm totally it. teasing you. But, you know, it, re- it made me really think about, like, when we do stuff, like, we'll take notes and stuff like that. And sometimes we'll go off the cuff. But, you know, it just makes me think that there's a lot of things that makes me think of. Number one, is it our fault that we don't get all the rules right? Is it the game company's fault for not making rules maybe easy enough for us to comprehend and then re-spout to you, you know, and kind of like give our own take on it? There's a lot of things I just think about when it comes to rules and stuff like that. And like, it just, it just makes me think that everybody I think has a problem with rules and not, I don't think it has anything to do with the company or the people that are playing it. I think sometimes it's just it's it's just hard to think, you know, everything through and get the rules right completely right the first time. So, I don't think it's necessarily either party. However, I think sometimes and I'm going to speak for myself that I feel like rules are wrong on our end of things because we may not have that concentration factor focus factor in wanting to make sure that we have all the details in place so we want to play the game but we might be rushing through the rules or we want to play the game but we're fried and we want to be able to play the game because we need a release from the everyday stressors of the work and Playing a board game is that piece, but we don't want to go through the steps of having to make sure we have everything in place. That's not always the case. I think sometimes there are rules that just have so much in them that it'd be nice to have some sort of overview or guide. And they're they're beginning to have that more in rules now. That doesn't encompass everything, but let's say this. So Renature had really awesome rules where they had all their rules broken down and but then on the back side of their rules they also had that overview that I was alluding to. But in their overview if you wanted additional details at the end of each of their bits of their overview they reference back to the page that you could go back and look if you wanted additional details. I've never seen that. I have not either. And I thought 
I actually called it out yesterday when we were playing because I don't think that, I mean, we did reference the rules several times just because we wanted to make sure that we had it, but I don't think we missed anything yesterday when we played it. No. But being able to look at the the overview and say, okay, yeah, during this um, step of this game, we can look at page seven to find out additional details. Oh my God, I don't have to page through this rule book to find it. Like, mind-blowing. And it sounds maybe stupid, but like, I don't think that it has to be like, bend over backwards, be amazing and awesome and whatever, but it's like little things like that that just floored me <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, make it easier for, you know, because that's that's one thing that I've called out before. Reference cards. Awesome. You know, I'm seeing a lot more of this overview thing in, in rule books, and that's awesome too. That doesn't mean we're not going to miss something. You know, or we've been known to read it where it's like, you can do this, but it's like, you cannot. <laughs> or you cannot, but you actually can. Or, you know, flip it. And reading rules out loud hopefully catches some of that, I think, too. Because, like, it's even when you're writing something for, like, writing an email or something like that, and you're reading out loud to hear what it sounds like. But sometimes you're reading what you think you have written. Yeah. So, but these you haven't written. So, I, I don't know. I think... I don't think anyone's necessarily to blame, but at the same time, I think it's nice. It would be it's nice when somebody comes up with a game to be able to lay it out in a nice fashion. That if the directions have to be long, that they are formulated really nice. Didn't we play a game like recently where they had like tabs? Yeah, I feel like that. Which, that kind of threw me off, too, because I was like, oh my god, this game is going to be super long. But, like, it was nice to be able to to see that. I can't think of what that game no, was. No, I can't think of it either. And it's like, not and not even, like, like, big games. It's not just limited to big games, too, as far as, like, you know, instructions and stuff like that. Like, I played a solo game the other day, and it has instruction cards. So, like, these little cards that there's, oh. like... I think there's like 16 of them or something like that. And I kept having to reference those again. And I was like, I wish there was like a little cheat sheet card that was yeah. just off to the side that I could use. And there wasn't anything there. Not Again, nothing to do with the game itself. It's just, it would be, it, I think it would be nice for every game now to just have a overview card or an overview sheet for each player so they could use that. Instead of having to look at the rule book every single time. Well, and maybe not everybody operates that way. But I feel like I want that now. Yeah. I want it more because I want to be able to learn the game, reference back more detail if I need to, but otherwise be able to to look at that or look at the back of the instructions to get the overview or something like that because we want to have the best experience when we're playing the game we don't want to have to totally learn it wrong which typically we don't we usually just miss like a couple pieces here and there or something like that and we don't always but sometimes we're like and the reason why i came up with this topic was 
because I told Kurt, I'm like, I feel like we always miss one little piece. Yeah. Cause he'll be we've played it and then he'll be like, Oh, I taught Mike that game. We missed one thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Again? Like, how do we always miss one thing? Yeah. But it but typically it's like something that it seems as a not all the time, but it seems as though it's like buried. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and it's just human nature that we're gonna we're not going to get everything all at one time, all the time, you know? Like, I even talked with a friend of the show, John Haremsa. He said he was playing a game, and I forget what it was. I, I think it might have been Crusaders. And he said that there was one thing that they had never played the right way. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's like, we've been playing this wrong the whole time. Just that one little part. And it probably I didn't. I think it was Crusaders. Yeah, and it probably didn't affect, like, it big time. But, you know, you just don't want it. You don't yeah. want to do that. You know, well, and then especially if you're playing it and then you're teaching it to somebody else and then you're teaching it to them the wrong way and then they might teach it to somebody else (laughs) and then they might teach it to somebody else the wrong way. And and then it's like a whole pile of people and none of them know how to play it the right way because it all started with you (laughs) and you suck. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, but but it's like things like that, that like for some reason, when I brought it up to Kurt that one day, I was like super frustrated because I was like. Why can't we ever get it right? And it was like dramatic. And it wasn't like that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There has to be something. There has to be like a better solution. And maybe now we're starting to see newer games and things like that with the overviews because people want them. Like when people are playtesting them or reviewing the rules, they're realizing that people want a quicker easier way to be able to learn how to play it and things like that but also not just rule books but it's nice to be able to watch those videos to learn how to play them yeah like sometimes we'll start reading rules and we're like i'm out we're gonna watch a video on this (laughs) and then we can reference the rules to find out those bits and pieces that we might not be able to remember from the video yeah or that we, you know, might need a reference later without having to watch that whole video again. Mm-hmm. Which, those are really nice, too. And we appreciate them. So, like, for us, it may be a little harder. It may be a little easier. Because, like, we're, again, we get these games from companies. And we know who who made them, possibly. Or at least the company that makes that makes the game. So, we can ask questions and stuff like that. And but then you know maybe there's some questions we forget because we didn't read the rules right and stuff like that. But also you've got these like people like Rodney from Watch It Play and stuff like that. They probably have a lot more resources to them because they get to real read the rule book. They know they know the game. Whoever made the game, they know the company. They can have easier access to talking to them and stuff like that. So they have an easier time to like know every single thing because it's their job. When they do a watch a played video, that everything has to be right. So they have a lot more resources there. So they- Well, and I would imagine that maybe for those before they're released, maybe somebody watches them to make sure that they have everything in play because they know how many viewers they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we probably wouldn't do that with this podcast because it's like we're not just going to send the audio and go like, oh, how do we do? You know, that kind of thing. But if we had questions... We'd always send an email and be like, okay, we don't quite understand this. What does this mean? You know? In my head, when you said that, I was like, somebody's tipping their head going, 
how do you do? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Nice. Right. Sorry, I brought it a little bit more casual yeah, there. No, we were getting okay. too intense. Yes, yes, yes. But um, but I think this is something that's kind of always happened and always will continue to happen. Is that you know, we might not get everything right, but we're always going to try our best. You know that kind of thing. And um, you know, hopefully, when you're playing a game, even if you're playing it incorrectly, you're still having fun with it. You're still doing the things that you want to do. Enjoy the game, and hopefully, that doesn't take you away from it. You know. Because I don't think I've ever heard or, heard or we've had an experience where if we played a rule wrong that it ruined the game for us, really. No, because it's not like we totally played this game absolutely wrong. Yeah. It's usually maybe one little piece or, yeah, it's not like it's completely spoiling the play once we discover we've... We're not supposed to save anybody, but we're supposed to kill everybody or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that was extreme. <laughs> yeah, some games are like that. <clears throat> or we've killed everybody and we should have saved all of them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what yeah, I should have said yeah, instead. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, I like talking about this topic just because there is a lot to say, you know, when it comes to rules. Because I think everybody has their own opinion on what how they think rules should be and that kind of thing. Some companies are really good at writing rules. Some companies are not so good at writing rules. I know I've seen some rule books where I'm like, I have to keep referencing, you know, the rules, or I have to like go to Board Game Geek and look at their forums and be like, see what questions that they're asking, because they're asking a lot of questions of like, okay, I don't understand what this means, or you said that this is a thing, but you didn't under you didn't describe like how we get to that point, you know. So, and I'm sure it's it's easy to do because I. I am making a game right now, and I wrote some rules to it, and I know I'm terrible at writing rules. <laughs> you know what? You know what cracks me up totally on a side note? Not about misinterpreting rules or missing something in rules. Is typos. Yes. Man, I just saw one, like, yesterday. And I'm like, do people not run through spell check? <laughs> and things, because I don't know if when I'm reading stuff... My brain must be on high alert and I catch those things. Yeah. And I'm like, how did, how many people read this and no one caught the fact that you didn't spell that word right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was my little soft, soft? That was my little tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, have you, have you come into contact with some rules that you're just like, I just don't understand these or like. You're like, oh, I played, I played like Castles of Burgundy like a million times and forgot that this is a thing and I never did that or whatever, you know. Let us know. We're on Twitter. I'm not calling it that other thing. We're on. <laughs> we're on. We're on Elemental P. Yep. We're on Instagram, uh, MFGCast family. Yeah. Just let us know what you think, what, you know, if there's any problems you've had with rules or anything like that. Hopefully this. Rules, rules, rules. <laughs> yes. Hopefully this was an entertaining uh, little ditty for you because we I, again I just thought it would be fun to talk about it because there's just it's 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 a topic to really talk about so this will do it for this episode of the MFG cast but until next time I'm Tracy and I'm Kurt and this was the MFG cast oh my see you later this podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. 
For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.